Welcome to the Landmark Theatre's Film Club Podcast. In this episode, moderator Christy Lemire discusses Gloria Bell with writer-director Sebastian Lelio and actor Brad Garrett. This podcast was recorded at the Landmark in Los Angeles during the film's opening weekend. This is pretty exciting. I was happy to see you guys. So you guys, you had an awesome opening weekend. <clears throat> yes. Thank you for coming. You guys help with that. <laughs> How does that feel in a world where there are, you know, blockbusters to have, you know, your, your indie drama have a great, great opening weekend? It must feel good. It feels, uh, well, you make films because you want them to be seen, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, I think they make sense when they are seen, so, so it's really rewarding. Um, yeah. I, think I don't have many opening weekends, so this is, uh, yeah. this is exciting. This is, this is exciting. The first for you too. I think I pissed off the rest of the cast. I don't know where everyone is. <laughs> this is a, I thought this may be an intervention for me or something. But sir in the shorts in the front row, could you just could you just close your legs or not to, I'm sorry, I'm trying to concentrate, but I don't need to know your religion. Just no no no. You're wearing cargo pants, shorts. Put you, just keep your don't, please don't cross your legs. Thank you. It's just uh, it's reminding me of theater camp. Forgive My me. job's going to be so easy today. <laughs> this is awesome. So, Sebastian, tell me about the, the meeting you had with Julianne where you guys first met <laughs> and uh, decided that you wanted to work together. There was a great deal of mutual admiration going on there. Um, yeah, it was... Um, there is a, like a f mm, funny misunderstanding uh, in the foundation of this uh, project of uh, re remaking uh, Gloria. Uh, we, we have a manager in common with uh, Julian, uh, our, our beloved Erin. Yes, um, it's over there. Thank you, Erin. And I don't know if something got lost in translation or something, but I understood that you know Julian had seen the film, and the original film, uh, loved it, didn't want to have anything to do with the remake, but wanted to meet with me. Mm -hmm. So was very flattered and. Um, she was in, in Paris, uh, so, so we met. Um, and, uh, but under the, assum the assumption that she didn't want to you know, have anything to do with, 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 a, with a remake. It was kind of like a general meeting. So yeah, we talked like for an hour. Um, or she talked for an hour and I listened <laughs> uh, in awe. And, uh, and she was very generous um, when you know, talking about the original film and and her understanding of the character was, was deep, and I was like touched by that. And then towards the end of the meeting, I said, well, thank you. You know, it's been an honor to meet you, and I totally get it. If you don't want to do a remake, um, who would? And, and she said, no, 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 wait. I would only do it if you directed it. <laughs> and then I channeled the following words, <laughs> because I didn't say them, <laughs> uh, and I would only do it if you are in it. And then I... You know, what am I doing? Because who remakes his own film? Um, but, uh, but I was about to shoot two films. Um, so off I went to do those films. And after, and after, and after that, Julian um, called and said, and said, have a window in, you know, tomorrow. <laughs> Are we doing this or not? And uh, so we did it. So but that's, where, that's the place where the fi this film comes from, a place of... Uh, of admiration and I would say of um, the enthusiasm of uh, facing the challenge of trying to uh, 
bring this story back to life and try to make it vibrant again. So what did you rediscover about the character through Julianne's eyes, through revisiting it after a few years and after a couple of other films? Well, I think I, think I, 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 know, I know her better. Um, uh, some things I hadn't realized when I made the first version, I understand now better, like, like the fact that Gloria is always um, willing to connect. Um, and um, sometimes um, the, the response of the world towards her is not, is not precisely the same, you know? Uh, so for example, when she um, sees the street artist doing the, the number with the skeleton oh, yeah. puppet, who is the only one that gives the guy money? Gloria. <laughs> uh, and what does the skeleton do? Uh, he laughs at her. <laughs> so that's kind of like the, uh, he, that summarizes her pathos. But I love that she's willing to put herself out there and make herself vulnerable, whether it's like a laugh therapy class or dancing by herself at a club where she doesn't know anybody. Like, I think that's, it's so endearing and so rare in a character to do that kind of thing. I mean, she's um, a very vital uh, character. And yeah, that's how Gloria is. Yeah. And so Brad, what did you think when you first read the script? I'm sorry? What did you think when you first read the script? Well, my experience was very different. Uh, I was supposed to play John Turturro's role. And um, I was very disappointed. I, I show up for the first day of shooting. <laughs> and like about five, six hours into it, I'm like, this guy's doing all my lines, you know? <laughs> and um, Sebastian pulled me aside and said, uh, you're not even allowed to be here. <laughs> um, well, you know, I was, I, I just, uh, our experience, obviously, uh, our relationship is very different. I was uh, Sebastian's stunt double for many years <laughs> in Chile, all the Chilean kung fu movies I used to uh, stand in for. But uh, I got very lucky to, to meet with him. It wasn't in Paris, like with, uh, you know, Julian. They said, can you meet him at, a, at an oil refinery in El Segundo? <laughs> He won't get out of the car, but he'll speak to you through a, through a wire. So uh, that's pretty much what happened. We met, and I love the character. Uh, ironically, um, I'm divorced and, and, and have a son and a daughter around that age and still kind of hang out with my, my uh, ex-wife, which is, uh, you know, difficult with, uh, with the restraining order. But she... Um, so I just felt I really related to Dustin, you know, and, and um, but he's just such an amazing director. He, I know it's cliche to say he's an actor's director, but he really lets people discover, and, and, and the scenes are, are loose and fun. We tried many, many different things, and, and uh, it was, it, you know, it was, just, it was a wonderful experience. Well, I feel like you guys convey so much, so elegantly and efficiently in that scene where you're all together about what that relationship was like when you were married and what it is like now. So what sort of conversations did you guys have to achieve that? Did we talk, I, I, I think, I remember we met. Right. I, think I, I don't uh, like to rehearse, so it's more about, uh, you know, creating some Which kind of- Which is so great, because so many things come out in the moment, you know, and, and so many things are over-rehearsed. And uh, this was just, you know, a bunch of 
people hanging out and, and uh, so much of it was was just taken from what was improv but we mm. stuck to the script at the same time and it was uh, it, it's really a wonderful way to you know to be able to work I so. think for you being a comedian for so long that you enjoy being in the moment and having a looseness. Yeah, yeah abs absolutely. And, and that's what was, was wonderful about it was just be able to try things and experiment things. And, and uh, you know, I was looking at Julianne and Taturo and just going, I, I, I don't belong here, <laughs> pretty much. Just a little more. Just, just a little. I, I'm, we're talking inches. Just, uh, it's, it's, you're in a movie with people. Please. I know. Okay. I don't know if they're leaving or coming in, but thank you. Thank you. Take your time. Thank you. All right. Thank you. It's my my agent just leaving. All right. It's, just keep talking, Sebastian. <laughs> no, but it is a very different role for you, Brad, from a lot of the work that you have done previously. Yes. So, so where did you find the character? That how did you come to understand him? You know, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, and and thank God you can't fire me now. <laughs> but um, you know, I know a lot of wonderful. You know, they have a process, and there's a whole thing. You know, Daniel Day Lewis, bless him, genius. I was supposed to play Lincoln, by yeah. the way. A lot of people, yeah. a lot of. I had the height. I didn't have to wear the. And it, you know, again, it uh, they went another way, and that's fine. But um, I am doing a play about Lincoln, uh, off Broadway. I'm excited about. It's called Lincoln, the man, the car, the tunnel. <laughs> and it really, it's full circle. It takes you through. I don't have much of a process. I wish I did. I just, I just try to, you know, hit my mark and, and uh, stay out of people's light. Because I'm, I'm large, you know. And Sebastian kept coming up to me going, you're in everyone's light. You know, and I don't, I don't know if it was a religious thing or he would. He called me the human two-shot, like after the third day. But it was. I just tried to just keep it, keep it PG. Right? I was a good listener, right? Pretty much. I was nervous. I was very nervous. So I, I tried to keep it. Uh, but it was, uh, it, it was great. I did. You know, I felt I related to the guy. You know, and it really wasn't much of a, a process. I, uh, you know, sometimes I'll wear a hat before I shoot. <laughs> sometimes I put on a hat that smells like bourbon. And I know that's that's hard to relate to, but it's just something about that that brings back my, my childhood. <laughs> and, I, um, uh, and it goes right back to the dysfunction. So I'm constantly trying to find the dysfunction of my, my childhood, which yours was different, because you had a, a, an amazing relationship with your mom, right? I don't mean to take this no, over. Please do. But, You're you know, on a roll. A, I think I'll sit with this guy right here. No, <laughs> he's a, can, can I sit over there? Can I sit by yourself? Yeah, no, I'm just, all right, okay. All right, we're losing I know it's partly inspired. He's losing another one. Okay. That's, uh, but the ones who are staying are quality. You guys are in it, right? Yes. Thank absolutely. you. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> but it is, it is inspired by your mom, Sebastian, and by the conversations that she had with her friends, correct? Yeah. M yeah. I mean, not my, my mom has never uh, drank that much. Um, <laughs> No, but I used to. I used to. I mean, my my mom is divorced, and her friends, many of them, are are divorced, and um, so they would, uh, you know, gather, and I was always invited to to that table, so to say, and they would drink some pisco sour, and I would sit with them and listen to them for, for for years, you know, and um, <laughs> and uh, and I was always having so much fun by listening to their anecdotes and stories, and you know about. 
everything, like uh, mundane stuff or going out, dating, meeting not precisely ideal men. Um, and, and, but I didn't know that was potentially you know, movie material. Uh, until one day, uh, with my, uh, the co-writer of the original story, uh, my friend Gonzalo, we were like, "What are we going to do? What talk about now?" And I was like, "I think you know there is a film in our mother's generation." Uh, so yeah, and then and then so e almost everything that that is here, uh, the cat. The boyfriend that goes away, um, um, among many other things, are things that I heard or I, I, I knew about uh, through my mother or her friends. So how old were you when these discussions were taking place? Like eight, nine, you were a boy, and just it no, all no, stuck no, no, with no. you? It was, no, it was when my mother became, um, I don't know, in her mid-50s. So I was... Uh, Three. <laughs> <laughs> you were kind of a grown-up. You were vaguely a grown-up at that point. Okay. And then moving into Los Angeles, how does that change the character? How does that change the story? Well, the thing is that the game of the film is to take um, a, a secondary character and turn her into an absolute protagonist. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Gloria should be the, the mother or the wife, and the camera should go with, with the protagonist. But the thing is that it stays with her and, and stays and stays until we, uh, the spectators, hopefully, end up feeling uh, through her, like from within her skin, so to say. Um, and we see her going through the entire emotional spectrum and um, in every, visiting every possible tonality um, and observed by every possible angle. You know, she's always framed there's no one second in the film where her body is not present, so it's kind of like the ultimate portrait of a woman. Mm -hmm. uh, so, if you change who is being observed, uh, then the DNA of the of the film is modified. Um, so that I would say is the main the main difference. And then, move, you know, adapting it to LA wasn't that hard because, um, f for many reasons, LA offered many things that were. Um, that felt really coherent with, with what the story and its mechanisms, you know, uh, needed. So it wasn't, it was very fluent. I love the way you shoot Los Angeles because what's happening in her life is reality. It's the daily day in and day out of mundane stuff, but then there's like a gauzy, hazy kind of dreamlike quality to the air, to the sunshine around her at all times. I, I love that choice. What was that choice inspired by? Well, the wonderful DOP, Natasha Breyer, um, she was a great collaborator and, and I really wanted to work with her because she has that capacity of um, creating um, abstraction without losing the, 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 the real touch of things. And we, we really wanted, we were talking about let's, let's, let's make it sci-fi, <laughs> you know? But so, so, so you create a, an aesthetical tension between what you're seeing and, and the, the style that you're using, you know? So this is not, it, it oscillates between being um, sometimes a very simple, so to say grounded, realistic approach, mm -hmm. but then there, there are many, many moments and, and long passages of uh, when the film becomes quite abstract and, and uh, everything seems to be floating and you know, the flares and the colors and it's kind of like, 
and the music as well, the score helps a lot in to, to throw things in, in that direction. Yeah, we wanted that, that dreamlike quality in the film. Um, it's hard for me to know, to, I don't know why, you know, it's just, maybe it's because this is a film that was made after two films, you know, I made Gloria and then A Fantastic Woman and a film called Disobedience, so I was somewhere else as a filmmaker and I wanted that to, to you know, to make its way into the, into the film. Um, the color palette, the way of using the cameras, um, the calligraphy, etc. So it gives it kind of a fascinating, kind of eerie fairy tale quality to it, the way it's shot. I mean, Brad, you're from LA. You've seen a million films that are shot and set here. I, I am, yeah. I, uh, uh, it looked, uh, I recognized a, a lot of places. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know what to say, to be honest with you. I, I would have shot it somewhere else, personally. Uh, Chile, I think it would have been great to, to shoot. I've always wanted to shoot there. Um, yeah, no, I was. I'm just. I'm just happy to be on the bus. Do, do you know what I'm saying? I do. Very, very happy. It's no, I'm the here. Green room. It's like popcorn and candy and uh, mirrors. It's just incredible. <laughs> it's just the, you know, the look is. You know, we were talking about the DP earlier. I, I went up to Sebastian and, and he said, uh, "Please don't talk to me." And I said, "No, I was in the movie." And. Um, <laughs> But we were talking about the look of it and, and how the DP was really terrific. And, and Brad said, Jim. it's all about lightning. I, I learned that in my honeymoon night. Yes. <laughs> yes. I delivered it differently. <laughs> but it was, it was pretty, that was the jux of it, I, I can say. Okay. Was uh, we're losing another. All right. Yeah. Sorry, oh, ma'am. I bless Does your heart. Does that mean we have to go? Do we have to go? Yeah. No, like, okay, I, no obviously they have to go. Is what it seems to me. They, they are. They're all going to the dentist on Sunday afternoon. They're, go ahead, take your time, darling. Take your time. The, the refund is the second desk right near parking. Thank you. No, she's kidding. She either went like that or was the other finger. I couldn't tell, but it was. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Bye. I'm sorry, Sebastian. Just keeps going on and on. Um. I will wrap up soon. But I do want to ask you about the music because it's a huge part of the film and a huge facet of setting the tone for her life and then the songs that you chose. How did you choose the, the many songs that helped define her and inform her experience? Um, well, it's, it was great fun, you know, to find the, the translation of uh, what would Gloria Bell would be listening to uh, in terms of what, what was her playlist, you know? And then um, it's always hard to, when you're, you, when you're buying a lot of songs, it's really hard to find a good balance because it's so expensive and so difficult and they take so long to, to, to let you know if they are selling them it to you. And so it's, it's always, um, you have to be ready to let go a lot of things. So it's, so, it's always about, about finding, finding a, a balance. Uh, but I, um, I like to think, think of the film as a hidden musical, you know, the, the, the there is music um, all the time, of course, and uh, each two or three minutes a new song comes in and um, or appears and Gloria is singing it or dancing to it and somehow the emotion of the musical uh, pieces or and, and the lyrics reveal uh, new dimensions of the character's process. And one main, one of the big differences uh, that this version has 
is that it, it has um, a score. So you have all the songs, which are a lot, and then a score. So it was really hard to to find the the, the tone, um, so so the score could um, coexist with all this very intense and high energy music that the film has. And the, f the score was made by, by Matthew Herbert, uh, a great British musician, and uh, he was struggling with, it was hard for him to find, again, the, the melody and the tone, and he said to me, I think I know where the music should come from. Where? Um, well, I think Gloria <laughs> has a disco ball in her heart. <laughs> so that's where the music should, I was like, great. Please go there to the disco ball and come back with some music. <laughs> we need to finish this film. Um, and he was like, uh, and it was hard for him in this time. I mean, he's great. He's an amazing, amazing artist. And, and he was like, you know what? I'm going to, where did you stay in Vegas? And I was like, why? I, th I think I have to go there to find the melody. Oh, he sounds like a crazy person. <laughs> now, why, why would you keep him along after that? <laughs> what room are you in in Vegas? Who asks that? <laughs> well, he did. Okay. And he went to Vegas, uh, stayed at the Caesars Palace, which is where we stayed, and parked like in the minus five or whatever, and, and created a, a music studio in his car. And that's where he found... In his car? car? In his car. <laughs> Where he lived, by the way, a lot of uh, Sebastian likes to help people. Uh, he finds people living in their car. Actually, I was in a van with two other two other unemployed actors, and we were we were selling Dove bars, you know, on the boardwalk. And, oh wait, we're gaining someone. We just had an astronaut walk in. I think I'm not sure what's I'm not sure what's going on here, but uh, thank you for joining us. I hope hope you're okay with the gravity in here. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hello. Nice to see you. Okay, loved you. Loved you in First Man. It was, it was, an, American, it was an American movie. I know, I know. Probably, probably didn't see I've it. seen it. Okay. I can't top that at all. We should stop now. We should end on a high note with Brad being funny. Thank you guys both so Thank much. Thank you for having Thank us. Thank you for staying. Thank, Thank you. you very much.